You're listening to Sporting Heroes. My name's Matt Jones and this is the podcast where basically I speak to people about their life, their career, and then I find out who it was that maybe inspired them to go into the sport that they're in. Who was their sporting idol uh, when they were growing up? I've had many great guests on the uh, podcast in the past and this afternoon's one is no different. He is somebody who has challenged right at the top for world titles in boxing and let's be honest, He's extremely unlucky that he hasn't won one because uh, there have been some controversial decisions that have gone against him. He is a champion, though, in many people's eyes, and he's won plenty of belts along the way. It's a warm welcome to the studio to Martin Murray. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, thanks. Great to have you in. stuff. Uh, Let's talk about uh, you getting into boxing, first of all. How did that first happen? Right, so I first got into boxing. It's kind of a bit weird, really. Like, there's always, you know, I've not got, my dad, who was a boxer, I've not got any boxing in the family, apart from my mum's dad, my father, who was a secretary at the boxing club, um, and he first took me to the gym when I was seven. But even prior to that, I'd always had, like, there'd always been a pair of boxing gloves in the family. So there's videos of me and I with Danny when we were, like, three and four. Just, that's Danny, he's like my younger brother, just punching holes in each other, and <laughs> we only ever had one pair of gloves, so it was like we'd split in between us. I went down he'd always want the right one, the power punch. I was always with the left, the jabber. But um, but yeah, there's always been a pair of boxing gloves in the family. So I went, seven when I went, I went uh, I went with my father to the gym, he took me. And I kind of went for a couple of months and then stopped. And then I first went to the gym when I was 10 then, because my best mate was doing it. And we went to the gym with Johnny Chiz, who was the, uh, me, you know, my first coach. And... He just put me, it's old school, like, just just put me in ring my first day there and put me some gloves on, I was sparring and next thing, you know, I was, like, just swinging for hills against this lad <laughs> and it was just one of them where I was, I was, I kind of, like, I enjoyed it, you know, I, I was in, I was in my comfort zone in there, I was in my type of environment and I kind of knew from that first day, well, through that first time in, in the ring that that was the place where I wanted to be. So when was the time that you knew you were going to be able to make it as a pro? You turned pro in 2007, I think, didn't yeah. you? So when when did that become a, a realistic dream for you? A realistic dream? You know what? It, it was in 2007, I, I got out of jail for my last jail sentence. And prior to that, I'd never... I'd like, I'd fought for England, I'd won ABAs... Um, I'd had about 80 odd amateur fights, but I'd never really looked at it as a career. But 2006, like I said, when I got out of doing my last jail sentence, it was, um, I was kind of at a stage in my life where I needed to do something to change my life because where I was, I wasn't in a good place. So it was go back to boxing. So that's what I did. I completely committed, started just doing amateur. I didn't even, I didn't even think about going a pro then I just needed to I just wanted to start back boxing and just train like mad and have no regrets about you know when I got to the end of my career so we had a four or five amateur fights and then the opportunities come up to turn professional which I did and that's basically just what I've been doing ever since really but I think it was in 2007 a few months before I turned pro that I kind of thought Right, this is it now. I'm I'm gonna do it. And even when I, even when I started out, then doing it, 
I still didn't think that I'd that I'd be in the position where I am today. You know, I was just like I said, even my mindset on when I turned pro was just train as hard as you can and see where you see where you get up to. And like I said, I'd, I'd never. I'm not saying I'm anywhere today, by the way, but I'm. I'm I know I'm far further than where I thought I was gonna gonna be. Well, we we look at your career um, and what you've achieved in it. Of course, British title, uh, Commonwealth title, fought for those world titles that you should have won, uh, yeah. that you you weren't given controversially. Uh, what is the belt that you're most proud of? Do you think? I'd have to say the British, and I I say that because, I mean, obviously I've I've won like there's loads of. Other, like I've won a, a world interim title, I've won other titles. They're not officially a world title, but I've won quite a few. But my first title I won was the Commonwealth, which was obviously that was that was special to me. But I'd have to say the British, the British title, and and, and the reason for that is when when I t- set out to be a professional, I had I had two or three goals, and one of them was winning the British title. So we could dedicate it to me uh, amateur trainer John Chisnall, who died in two thousand and five. So when I when I won that and I dedicated that to him, it, it was kind of like a bit of a bit of a special moment to me. It was kind of like a, a dream achieved. Uh, you got that in two thousand and ten, and from there, kind of winning that British title just opened so many doors, doesn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, I went from winning a British title in the June to fighting um, Felix Sturm for the world title in December. So it was a massive jump from them two fights. But that kind of stern fight was kind of like me kind of coming out party on the um, on the world stage. And obviously from that performance, you know, doors just started opening, you know, big fights. And me, me career stagnated a bit after that, but then I got the opportunity against Martinez and... And then there was Golovkin and then Nabram and then Groves. And, you know, it's kind of like just been big fight after... I wouldn't say big fight after big fight because there's been a few small fights in between. But I've um, I've been about a bit like... And, I've, you know, I've... <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I've fought, I've fought some some top fighters. What's uh, the, the fight that sticks out the most for you, do you think? It's the Martinez fight. Uh, yeah, Sergio Martinez in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And that was... Um, that was just a, that was just another level. Obviously, I never got the fight, but I knew before that going to there that I'd have to knock him out to win. But then I also know now that if I'd have knocked him out and won, I won't be here telling this story because <laughs> we would not have got out there alive. But uh, yeah, it was the all. It wasn't just a fight. It was the all Argentina experience. You know, going, going from you know. Being a council estate kid in Saint Helens to go in fighting like an Argentine hero in a forty fifty thousand pack stadium and getting treated the way he got treated while I was over there, it was it was just somewhat special. Like I said, the all Argentine um, experience for me, the Martinez fight was uh, definitely my uh, my favourite fight. What a great night that was. It's Radio City Talk. Martin Murray is in and I am doing a sporting hero. So let's get on to your sporting hero. At the era that you were growing up in, um, there were some huge boxers who were putting British boxing on the map. So is it a boxer you're going to go for? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a boxer. Um, it's hard to pick me sporting hero um, from different sports, but I'd have to go with, with boxing in my era growing up. And who would that be? Well, I grew up in the era of 
Nigel Benn, Chris Eubank, Steve Collins, Prince Nassim. And that was when I was really, as an amateur, coming through, really got into boxing. And, you know, it was kind of like every time it was on, it was a big event in our house. We'd stay up, watch the fight. And then after we'd we'd be, you know, me, me mate would sleep round who was a boxer. And me, me mate, best mate at the time, and our, our Danny would just stay up to spine each other. And, you know, we used to do this thing where we used to let each let each other punch each other in the face. Like you had to learn to take these shots we'd be saying. So when you talk you would be able to take them when you when you're big then when you when you're professional. But we used to do that. But and you know what the my favourite fighter growing up, I'd I'd have to go with I mean, I used to love Prince Nassim with his ring entrances. There was um <laughs> there was someone else then the the excitement to and and as but it was Nigel Ben for me. I was I was a Nigel Ben man. I think our our kid, our Danny was um, a Chris Eubank man, but it was it was definitely Nigel Ben for me. He's, he's all out style, his action. Um, yeah, Nigel Ben. He had that uh, WBC uh, super middleweight title for about three years, which is yeah. uh, hugely impressive in itself. And he had so many fights in that era, but it, he really did help put British boxing on the map, didn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, that era in in general did, but I think obviously. Nigel Benny, he, he was he was just ruthless. One, he he was, you know, he he was all out action. You know, he was he was one of them where, you know, we got hurt, but but he was always at his most dangerous when when he was hurt. And you know, he's um he's been in some great fights over the years. And like I said, he was my hero growing up. And they they reckon you should never meet your heroes because they don't let you down. But I, I met him. I met him at a sportsman's dinner, must have been about 2010. And I've met him since, and you know what? He's an absolute legend of a bloke. He, he was, he was, um, I sat on top table with him and we just had a chat all night about, obviously about his career, but then he was telling me about the fights he'd watched with me, which, a man, which was really surreal, but just a, just a good bloke and an awesome fighter. Were you nervous when you met him for the first time? I was, yeah, because I was just like, what it was, there was, he was queuing up for pictures with him. And it was me. It was when we was with that promotions, and it was me. Paul Speed took us, took me and Scott Quigg. And his idea about taking us was so we could get used to being on the top table, to get used to getting asked asked questions. And you know, I was proper nervous, didn't have a clue what he was doing. And then like Nigel Ben coming, and then I was just like a fan, like wow, that was Nigel Ben. You know, me, me hero growing up, and I was waiting for a picture with him, and obviously I waited in line, and then. I got to funds at Q and he was like, oh, wow, Martin, I've been watching your fight. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. And then we just ended up having a chat and then we got on stage then and then he, he did his thing. And then um, we we was just up there talking all night and, and you know, the, the advice, he, he, he gave me some great advice. And, you know, he, he kind of said to me, he said, he said, make, make sure you pay your mortgage off. That was his advice to me. He went, all these times you're giving up early, you're training, everything you're putting your body through, you've got to have something sure for it. So make sure that you, whatever you do, you pay, you pay your mortgage off. And I really, you know, I, I really took that advice on board, and it's kind of, um, it's kind of stood with me ever since. Like you know, it, it's kind of when I do retire, I will have something to to show for all my hard work. You know what I mean? And. That's thanks to obviously Nigel and his advice. You'll have, you'll have plenty of belts to show for it as well. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there anything that, that Nigel did in the ring that you tried to implement yourself? 
Um, nah, I won't really say so, no. I think he was a style on his own, you know. Mm. Um, I've kind of been more of a... Um, more of a stand-up stand upright boxer, whereas Nigel was like quite roaring he's in in the way he fought when he he was he, he was wild um and obviously he could punch far far out of them me as well um but no just just his art you know just just his art in general and it, and that fight against Gerald McLennan that was obviously what happened after it was you know terrible with, with, with McLennan like but that fight was um the 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 best fight I've ever seen. It, it was unreal how everybody wrote him off, and he just proved, proved to people that you should never ever write anybody off. Because he, you know, he, he, everyone thought he was just going to get blowout in the first round, and he was down. He was down it first round. One, if you remember, um, I'm sure he got knocked out of the ring, but he got up and he come back and he just stood up to him, and yeah, he just uh, obviously did what he did. So my, that that secured his. Um, He's him being, being the hero in me for that fight. And he's a hero, I'm sure, for many people. 48 fights, 42 wins. Uh, numerous of them uh, were world title fights as well. A brilliant sporting hero to have. Uh, Martin Murray, thank you for picking Nigel Ben this yeah. afternoon. Thank you. That's world champion contender Martin Murray joining me, Matt Jones, on the Sporting Heroes podcast. If you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a new one in your box as and when we do them every single week. And you can also trawl back over the episodes that I've done in the past as well with some great names from the world of football, uh, sport, music as well, uh, including the likes of Jamie Carragher, Mike Newell and many, many more.